listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Today I have something for you that, um, as you saw in the title, not everybody's going to the next level. And the question is, are you going? Are you going? Am I going? And it's not, I don't want you to think at the outset of this uh, broadcast that it's somehow uh, based on God's sovereign choice. He picks some to go to another level, others he leaves behind. That is not the case at all. Although God is the source of all uh, promotion. Morning, Pastor Stan. Uh, God is the source of all promotion. The Bible tells us that in Psalm 75, verses 6 and 7. The Bible says, now promotion does not come from the east or the west or the south, but promotion comes from the Lord, and he alone decides who will rise and who will fall. I've told you many times before, the way he decides who will be raised up and who will be demoted is based upon our response to the covenant. I'm going to say that again. Whether we rise or whether we fall is based upon our response to the covenant, to this word right here, to this word right here. Today, I'm going to give you this because it's been in my spirit. Good morning, brother Ben. Love you, man. Some are not going to the next level. Some are not going up. Are you? You have to make up in your mind. It, you'll, let me just say it this way, and you can put it in the comments. You will not get to the next level by accident. I want to say that. You will not get to the next level by accident. Put it in the comments. Put it in your notes. I will not rise to the next level by accident. Won't happen. I will get there on purpose. I'll get there on purpose. You're going to get there on purpose. It'll it'll not be a mystery when you arrive at your next level. Will not be a mystery. (laughs) It will not be a mystery. You'll know. And so today I want to deal with something that I consider to be a very important aspect of this question Am I going to the next level? Am I rising up to the next level? I want to start with you in Proverbs 21. And I want to read one verse of scripture to you. Verse 16. Proverbs 21, 16. Let this be our source text for today. This thought. Proverbs 21, 16, I'm reading from the ESV. The Bible says, one who wanders from the way of good sense will rest in the assembly of the dead. Let me say that again. One who wanders from the way of good sense will rest in the assembly of the dead. Proverbs 21, 16. So let me just say to you, and I know this was written before redemption and before salvation, but let me just say to you, and you know this to be true, 
You can be a Christian. You can have received Christ as your savior and literally you're standing in, in righteousness and still have the results of an unbeliever in your life. Chronic depression. You know, sinners have that. You don't have to get saved to have chronic depression. <laughs> no. Always having anxiety attacks. Struggling financially. Sickness and disease racks your body for the rest of your life. 40 years of sickness and disease. Broken relationships. You can be a Christian and those things can still manifest in your life. There's no question. We see it all around us. There's tons of depressed Christians. There's tons of anxious, broke, sick, you know, lonely. Marriages don't work out. Kids won't speak to them. There's tons of Christians like that. It's not God's plan, but they exist. They're there. You know it as well as I do. They're there, though it's not God's plan. So the point I'm making is you can be a Christian and still have the results of someone outside the covenant in your life. Let me say that one more time. You can be a Christian and still have the results of someone who's outside the covenant in your own life. And so the question is, how do I move beyond that place to where I'm not seeing those same things that unbelievers are seeing? You know, one of the things I wrote in uh, Blood on the Door was that if you've got a redeemer, and you do, that you should not have the same results in your life as someone who doesn't have a redeemer. If I've got a healer, my body shouldn't look the same as someone who doesn't have a healer. If I've got a deliverer, I shouldn't look like someone who doesn't have a deliverer. If I've got someone who gives me total joy and total peace, I shouldn't look the same as somebody who doesn't have the comforter in their life, right? All these things. If I have the mind of Christ, I shouldn't look like someone who doesn't have the mind of Christ. So uh, there's a benefit to being attached to God. Many benefits, many benefits. However, there are a lot of Christians who don't take those benefits and put them to work. They don't ever rise up any higher than when they started. They don't go to the next level. The question today is, are you going to the next level? Are you leveling up? Are you leveling up? Are you going to continue to increase until Jesus comes? Because truly, that's what we are called to do, is to see never-ending increase. The path of the just is a shining light that shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day, Proverbs 4.18. No question, our path should get brighter and brighter. And so it comes through our response to the covenant. Now, if we don't, if we feel like we're at a place where, man, I don't know, you know, what I should do, I don't have the necessary wisdom, whatever you may think, there's a wonderful thing God provided for us in James 1.5. The Bible says, and we'll see you later tonight, Megan. Um, James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men and women liberally and will not rebuke them for asking. So that means God wants you to have the necessary wisdom access to the mind of Christ, access to his thoughts and his ways. He wants you to have it. 
Again, he's not trying to keep that information from you. He's trying to share that information with you because he wants you to continually produce and continually increase. And God is looking for producers. Please put that in the comments. God is looking for producers. God is looking for producers, and he absolutely is. People who will produce fruit in the kingdom of God. People who will produce fruit in his kingdom. No question about that. God is looking for producers. Did you know God puts his full support and strength behind producers? Hallelujah. And we say, why is that? Because it's only through his strength, through his power, through our connection to him, that we can truly be those who produce fruit. Jesus made that very clear in the gospel of John chapter 15. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And then he said this, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So we've got to be connected to him in order to be anointed producers in God's kingdom. And so he gets the glory anyway, but because we are connected, he puts his full strength and force behind those that are connected in covenant. It's like, think about it, just like his own analogy that he gave in John 15. If you've got a tree and branches growing off the tree, when you sever a branch from a tree and it falls down into the yard, for a short time, it might still look alive. The leaves are green. You know, it's still pliable. It's not dry and brittle and snaps over your knee. That branch still has green leaves on it. It's still pliable. You can bend it around. But truly, it's dead because it's been severed from the tree. So though it can look that way for a little while, very soon, you'll clearly see it can't produce on its own. It won't sprout any new leaves. Those leaves will not continue to grow. Nothing's going to bud or bloom on the branch that's severed from the tree. It's dying. You just can't see that it's dying. But soon the leaves will be brown. Soon the wood will be brittle and will, will snap easily and crack over your knee. Soon the pliability has gone. All of it. Why? It's no longer connected to the source which is the tree. So imagine though, that that branch and all the branches are still connected to the tree. The roots of the tree are going deep and pulling nutrients out of the ground, pulling all that's necessary, the water that's necessary. And then what's happening? Feeding those things up to all of the branches and the branches are sprouting leaves and, you know, flowers and some fruit, you know, some trees, fruit. What's happening? All of the resources that the tree has access to are being fed into the branches. That's powerful. Let me get you, let me get you that again. All of the resources the tree has access to are being now fed into the branches. It's not, and if you separate it, you can see the branches are not pulling nutrients out of the ground. The leaves are not pulling nutrients out of the soil, pulling water out of the soil. No, the roots are doing that. The roots are pulling it and then sending it up to the rest of the tree. See, and if you're just a branch on the tree, 
you have access to all the resources. You have access to all the nutrients, all the water, just because you're connected to the tree. That's what Jesus is saying. I am the vine, you're the branches, right? And because you're connected to me, if you remain in me and my word remains in you, you can ask what you will and it'll be done for you. So a key here is staying connected in covenant and how I respond in that covenant to the vine who is Christ, who gave us this whole word. This word existed from the beginning of time. John chapter one and verse one. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Hallelujah. This word has existed for all of eternity and it will continue to exist for all of eternity. Amen. Heaven and earth will pass away, but this word, it'll never pass away. It'll never pass away. So if you wander, watch this now. If you wander from the way of understanding, good sense, you will rest in the congregation of the dead. You will remain in the congregation of the dead. So becoming a Christian is not the only prerequisite to having that next level lifestyle, to seeing breakthrough after breakthrough, to see unhindered access to God's power. No, the prerequisite is how do I respond to this covenant? How do I respond to this covenant? How do I conduct myself in light of what I know in the covenant? And listen, not knowing it is not an excuse for not obeying it. Let me say that again. Not knowing it is not an excuse for not obeying it. Now, it may cause you to be uh, have less harsh of a judgment because you didn't obey it, but it'll still be a judgment because when you're connected, that means I'm required to know the covenant. Did you know even in the Old Testament, powerful thought, even in the Old Testament, they and my wife just taught on this recently. They told even their children, teach your children, teach your children all the words of this law. Don't let them forget the Lord their God. Listen to this. Deuteronomy 8. Take care, this is verse 11, take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Take care. Take care. Powerful. Make sure you take care to remember them. Why? That means you got to know them. If you're going to remember them, you got to know them in the first place. One, one passage says, hang them around your neck. Remember them. Why? They bring next level ability, power, power to produce. There in Deuteronomy chapter 8, what? Power to get wealth. There's all kinds of power packed into God's word. Everything you need is in God's word. Everything. You say, really, brother? Everything I need is in God's word? Every, everything you need to live a life of godliness and holiness, everything you need to please the Lord, listen to this. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. Verse 17, 
that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That means that by this word, you can be complete. You need nothing else to be complete in your Christian life other than obedience to the word. Somebody might say, well, what about being led by the spirit? This word commands you to be led by the spirit. So not only did you find out about being led by the spirit from the word, it tells you about the uh, requirements to be led by the spirit. Amen. The word tells you that you can be complete through God's word and equipped for what? Everything you're called to do, your works of righteousness, everything you're called to do. So let's cover something here because, um, I want you to see this. It's, it's been heavy in my spirit to teach this Matthew 25. Of course, we know this as the parable of the talents. And I've, I've gone here a bunch of times before, and I want you to see, I'm going to take Matthew 25 with the uh, story of the parable of the talents. That was second Timothy chapter three, Caitlin verses 16 and 17. And thank you to everybody that's putting these references in the comments as we're teaching uh, so that others that are taking notes can go back and, and write them down as well. But I'm going to compare this parable of the talents in Matthew 25 to the life of David and specifically when David fights Goliath in 1 Samuel 17. I want you to see the connection if you've never seen the connection before. I'm going to show you how the same principle that the one servant in Matthew was judged for is the same principle that David was blessed for. Let me say that again. I'm going to show you how, I love you, Luenda. I'm going to show you how the same principle that the servant in Matthew 25 was judged for It's the same principle that David in 1 Samuel 17 was blessed for. Watch this. I'm not sure about the question, Constance. You are not talking about giving in sin as compared to accomplishing your purpose. You'll have to rephrase that because I don't understand that question. I don't understand that. Um, Let's start in Matthew 25. Of course, you know the gist of the story. There's a master who gives his servants talents and then goes on a journey. And he gives the first servant five talents, gives the second servant two talents, and gives the third servant one talent. Now, he didn't do this uh, just because he favored one over the other. No, the Bible tells us it was based upon their previous faithfulness and ability. That's important to know because it plays right into what we're talking about. And the Bible tells us that. Um, In verse 15, to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. There it is. To each one according to his ability. So God looks at your previous faithfulness, which we're going to see in a moment. God looks at your previous obedience and faithfulness. He looks at your track record of obedience to the covenant and then determines how much he can give you based upon what you've done in the kingdom 
previously. Amen. God's looking at your previous faithfulness, obedience, and response to the covenant to determine how much he can now give to you to, to do in the kingdom. He's not going to give somebody. I'm not talking about Jude at all, Constance. Follow along with me. I'm not talking about Jude at all. Um, he's going to give you what you can handle based upon what you've shown him. See, God didn't, in this story, the master was not willing to give five talents to the servant who had only proven himself to be worthy of having one talent. He didn't say, well, you know, he's a good guy. Let's give him five anyway. No, he only got one. And there's a reason he only got one. And we see the reason within the story. So watch this. Verse 21. Matthew 25, 21, when he comes back, his master said to him, now this is the one who had five talents, invested it and got back five more talents, presented his master with 10 talents. That's increased, doubled it. He doubled it. Look at the response of the master. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little I'll set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Oh, I see what Constance is saying. Yes. So, <clears throat> to answer your question, she's asking, when I was talking previously a moment ago about uh, not knowing the covenant is not an excuse for not obeying it, though it may mean you're judged less harshly you'll still be judged. If a, let's say for example, Constance, if a sinner has never had the word of God preached to them, well, you can't go to heaven without hearing the gospel. It doesn't work that way. The Bible's very clear on that. In order to be saved, you must hear the gospel message. You cannot believe on something you've never heard, Romans chapter 10. Romans 1, 16, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So let's say a sinner has never heard the word of God preached ever they'll still go to hell. God doesn't look at them and say, well, they never had a chance to hear it, so I'll give them an exemption and bring them into heaven. No, they still go to hell. But even in hell, that person will be judged less harshly than a sinner who's heard the word of God preached over and over and over and rejected it and never responded to it. That person will be beaten with many lashes, the Bible says, as an example. Whereas the one who never heard will only receive a light beating. Why is that? Because the one who never heard didn't even know what he was supposed to be doing. The other one knew exactly what he was supposed to be doing and rejected it and said, I'm not doing it. So there is even difference in judgment for sinners. Amen. And when you come into the kingdom, uh, the same is true with a Christian. Just because a Christian's never read through the whole Bible and doesn't know that certain things are sinful doesn't mean that they won't be corrected and won't be convicted by the Holy Spirit and ultimately dealt with even though they haven't read that part of the Bible. It's your responsibility to know the covenant. That's why even in the Old Testament, they train the children up from a young age teaching them the covenant. Because if you're a follower of God, it's your responsibility to know the covenant. 
It's your responsibility. It's like if you get hired at a job and they give you an instruction manual for the job that you're doing. You can't then screw your job up and then they come and yell at you and say, well, I, di I didn't know that's what I was supposed to be doing. We gave you an instruction manual. It was your responsibility to read the instruction manual to do the job we hired you to do. Same way. Once you came into the kingdom of God, it is your responsibility to ingest this instruction manual and know what it says. Know what it says. Jess Burton said, just like state and local laws, ignorance of them doesn't exempt you. You still go to jail. I didn't know that was against the law. Yeah, it is. Too bad you're going to jail. That's how it works. So Christian or non-Christian, that's how it works. You have to know. And your ignorance of the word doesn't mean God doesn't expect you to obey the word or, or understand what the word says. But here's the, here's the real key I want to get to you. Because this first servant was faithful with five talents, doubled it to ten. And what did his master say? Well done, good and faithful servant. Look at this. You were faithful over a little. And I will set you over much. I'll make you ruler over much. So you see that. His faithfulness, his response to his covenant with his master did what? Caused his master to take him from the small place he was and lift him up and promote him to a higher place. It's like one passage says, you were faithful over little, I will make you ruler over much. Ruler over much. So look at that. He went to the next level based upon what? Not the sovereign desire of his master, his faithfulness to his, and his obedience to the master's instruction. And the master said, oh, I like what you've done. I like how you've handled my business. I'm going to take you to a higher level. Let me, let me ask you, when Jesus looks at your life, does he like the way you've handled his business? Does he like the way that you've handled his business? He said, well, I, I don't know. I've not really done too much. He knows. He knows if you've not done too much. He knows if you've done a lot. He knows if you've been slack. He knows if you've been faithful. He knows. He's constantly watching and he knows. And promotion comes from him. So if he's happy with how you're handling his business, guess what? He's about to give you more shares of stock in the corporation. God will give you more to handle in the kingdom when he sees your faithfulness with the thing he's already given you. Why would God take somebody? I mean, you ever think this? Why would God take somebody to go preach crusades to a million people if they won't even tell their neighbor about Jesus. You know what I mean by that? Why would God do that? God's no fool. If you can't be faithful over telling your neighbor about Jesus, why would God take people to crusades to preach to millions if they won't preach to one? God's no fool. Listen, if you don't tithe on a $3,000 a month paycheck, why would God take you to $30,000 a month when you're not even faithful to do what the Bible says with $3,000. I'm going to another level, brother. You don't even, you don't even handle the 3,000 well. And then there's people, you hear them say, well, brother, when I get, let me tell you something. When I get to that place where I'm making five, 10,000 a month, you, you're going to see my tithes. It, it, let me tell you, it doesn't work that way. You weren't tithing at 3,000 a month. You won't be tithing at five or 10,000 a month. And you definitely won't be tithing at 30,000 a month. If you're not faithful over little, he's not going to make you a ruler over much. And this is in every area of life. It's not just giving. It's every area. And so 
when he gets down to the other servant, the one who had one talent, he starts to talk to him and they have a, they have a conversation. And he says, um, verse 24, he also who had received the one talent came forward saying, master, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went out and hid your talent in the ground here, take back what's yours. Verse 26, but his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I've not sown and gathered where I scattered no seed. You ought to have at least invested my money. Look at that. Look at that one phrase, and I want you to write those two words in the comments. You knew. That's big. Put it in the comments. Everybody, everybody. You knew. You knew. Look at that. Put it in. Put it in. You knew. You knew. So that means that in this case, the servant had no excuse and he admitted it. <laughs> he admitted it to his master. Oh, I knew you were a hard man. I knew that you reap where you don't sow, that you gather where you scattered no seed. I knew. Oh yeah, you knew? Then you should have at least invested my money. Notice he had no excuse and he admitted it. You knew. Yes, I knew. You knew. That's a, that's, that is something that, that's where most people are. That's why I want to deal with this. That is where most people are. Where are they? They're in the place where they know. They know what to do. They just don't do it. This is where I have to deal with today. They knew what to do. They just don't do it. And you can't go to the next level. You can't level up if you don't do what you know to do. It's true in every area of life. You know, I've, I've dealt with that. Do you know how many people actually know? They actually know what to do to lose weight. And they say they want to lose weight and they don't lose weight. It's not because they can't lose weight. It's because they just don't do what they know to do to lose it. It's not, it's not rocket. As uh, George Bush, uh, not the father, but the son, George W. Bush once said, it's not rocket surgery. <laughs> you don't have to be a rocket surgeon. Um, to know, I know what to do. I know what a caloric deficit does. I know how to count my calories. I know how to eat whole foods, eat clean. I know how to do that. I know, I know what it takes. I know how to exercise. I know how to walk around the block. I know how to take a jog. I know how to do all those things. But if I don't actually do them, what you know means nothing. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. And so there's a ton of people, and that's why I'm dealing with it. There's a, because the majority of people I'm dealing with, they already know. We already know. We know the thing God's called us to do, for the most part. We know, we know, but the key is, are we doing what we know? Cause God doesn't judge you on what you know, judges you on what you do. 
So I'm going to give him some credit. He, this master didn't give the servant any credit. He said, well, at least you knew what kind of a man I am. He didn't say that. He didn't say to the servant, well, at least you know my personality. <laughs> at least you know my Enneagram number. He, he, he didn't say that to him. He said, if you knew, why didn't you do? That's what he's asking. If you, if you knew, why didn't you do? Easy question. And then judges him for not doing. Now go back with me to 1 Samuel 17 uh, for, for David before he was King David. This is when he's getting ready to fight Goliath. And he gets to the battlefield. And when he gets to the battlefield, he starts to hear Goliath blaspheming Israel's God, the most high God, the only true and living God. He hears it. He hears it. And the Bible tells us when he heard it, he started to ask questions. Listen to this. Ask the army, ask his brothers. He says, David, uh, 1 Samuel 17, 26, David said to the men who stood by him, what shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? There's a lot he said in that one sentence. You know what he said? <clears throat> who does he think he is? A man with no covenant talking about us who have a covenant with the most high God, creator of heaven and earth. Who does he think he's talking to and who does he think he's talking about? And so <clears throat> right off the bat, David knew it was wrong for Goliath to be talking the way. But you, let, me, let me give you another one. So did the rest of the soldiers. They all knew too. They all knew what, he, what Goliath was saying was blasphemous. They all knew that he was uncircumcised. They all knew that they had a covenant and that the most high God was their God. They all knew it too, but they were all hiding in the bushes. Nobody would go and face the giant. Didn't matter that they knew they didn't do. Didn't matter that they knew they didn't do, but here's David and he's talking so much smack that the king hears about it and says, bring him to me. I got to talk to this. I got to talk to this guy. Brings him to the king. Jump down to verses 33 and 34. And the Bible says, king brings him in. And he says this. Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine and fight with him. For you're but a youth. And he's been a man of war since his youth. Verse 34. But David said to Saul. Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and devoured it out of his mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. And your servant has struck down both lions and bears. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. For he's defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Oh, and so Saul said to him, go then and the Lord be with you. 
He preached so much faith to Saul. Saul was like, good, I, I'm behind you now. Go get it. But what's David explaining? You know what he's explaining? You don't know this about me, but I was faithful over a little. And now I'm expecting to be ruler over much. Look at that now. David's explaining. I was already faithful over little. I was only trusted with a small flock. You know where David was headed, don't you? He was getting ready to become the shepherd of God's whole flock, the nation of Israel. It was already prophesied when he was speaking these words. Samuel had already prophesied and already anointed him. He was faithful over a small flock, but God was getting ready to make him the ruler of the whole flock. And he was going to say, listen, the reason I know that I'm able to do this thing is because I was already faithful over a little bit. Now God's going to make me ruler over much. And God, because I'll tell you something, I've taught this before, but you need to hear it again. Find me one place in the Bible, one place where God told David to fight Goliath. Show me one place in the Bible where God told David to fight Goliath. You're not going to find it. And do you know why? The reason you're not going to find it is because God never told David to fight Goliath. David just simply heard the blasphemy from that giant and he knew he has to die. He knew I've got to bring them down. He had a knowing and the opposite of the servant that knew and didn't do, David knew and did. Carried out the purpose that he was carry, there to carry out. He didn't even know that's why he was going there till he got there. And then God used him. This is what I'm telling you. Many, many Christians will not level up. They'll, they'll stay in the same place. Listen, I've traveled this country. I've traveled other countries. I'll go back to churches year after year after year after year after year. I'll see the same people. And you know what's sad? They are at the same level that they were at. 10 years ago when I first started going to the church at the same level. And then there's others. Every time I come back and see them again, they're at another level. Every time I come back, see them again, they've gone to it. They're doing another thing. God's blessed them to another degree. They're at more level of more influence than they were the last time I came. Every time I come and there's another testimony. Oh, brother, I got to tell you what happened since you were here the last time. What happened? God blessed them again. God's blessed them again and blessed them again. Why? They've decided I'm not just going to know, I'm going to do, and I'm changing levels in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I declare that over you. You will change levels nonstop in Jesus' name. You will not remain at the same place in Jesus' name, that you will go from glory to glory. You will go from strength unto strength. You will go from victory unto victory. You will go from faith unto faith in the mighty name of Jesus. You are changing levels by the power of the Holy Ghost in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Nothing is going to hinder you from leveling up. You will continually increase by the power of the Holy Ghost through your faithful obedience in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. And it'll be marvelous in our eyes. It'll be the Lord's doing and marvelous in our eyes. It will be the Lord's doing. And you'll just have testimonies to share. Testimonies in your hand in the name of Jesus. Amen, Orlando. Receive it. Receive it. You'll have testimonies to share by the power of the Holy Ghost. You will have victory after victory 
and it'll be the Lord's doing. And all we'll be able to do is give God praise for his goodness and his mercy. That's all we'll be able to do is give God praise for his goodness and his mercy. Hallelujah. I see you changing levels by the power of God. You're not going to be at the same place even in six months that you were today. Don't forget, we've stepped into our reaping season. Hallelujah. July through December is our reaping season. We're going higher and higher and higher. We're reaping by the power of God. Amen. In due season, you shall reap if you faint not. We've not fainted. We've kept on. We've pressed on. We've been faithful. Now we're going to reap in Jesus' name. Now we're going to reap. Now we're going to reap. Now we're going to reap by the power of the Holy Ghost. I know some people think this stuff is nuts. They think we're nuts. That's fine. Think whatever you want. I don't care. You'll see me at another level very shortly. We'll see you at another level very shortly in Jesus' name. And it'll be, that'll be your story for the rest of your life until Jesus comes. That will be your story for the rest of your life until Jesus comes. It'll be victory unto victory, faith unto faith, glory unto glory. Hallelujah. And you'll just be praising, nonstop praising over the goodness of God that's in your life. Nonstop praising <laughs> over the goodness of God that's in your life. Don't just know it, do it. You might be in a place where you say, listen, um, I'm not at the place right now where I fully know what I'm supposed to be doing next. That's when it's time to fast and pray. That's why I wrote a whole book on it. There's time for you to do and there's time for you to discover. Discover and then do. If you're one of the few that don't know what you're supposed to be doing, fast, pray, and discover. I preached on this yesterday. We don't set goals. We discover what God wants. The employee does not set goals for the CEO. Hallelujah. What's up, Caden? We don't set goals for the CEO. We discover his purpose. We discover his desire, and then we go accomplish it. And we go accomplish it. So if you don't know, fast and pray until you know, and then do. Don't let it lag. Do. Step out and do. God will bless you. Father, I pray for every person. That, let them hear and know. Give them clarity if they don't know what they're to do, how they're to proceed. And Lord, for those of us that know clearly, I pray that this broadcast today, this podcast would put a fire in their belly to no longer just know what to do, but to get faithful and obedient, accomplishing their purpose in the covenant in Jesus name. And then Lord, I thank you that as we're doing that, we're going to see level change after level change, more influence more power, more manifestation, more glory that you'll be releasing on the earth through your people in Jesus' name. And we will be so amazed at your goodness. We'll be so amazed at your favor. It'll blow our natural minds to see your goodness and your mercy in our lives in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, we thank you. We give you all of the praise in Jesus' wonderful, matchless name. Amen. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.